Hello, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to my Haunted Life podcast. I'm your host, Angela Hartshorn. And on this week's episode, I am talking to you... Talking to you? Wow, okay. Uh, I am telling you all about one of the most famous haunted forests on the face of the planet. Like, we got everything. We got disappearing children, UFOs, portals, all of it. So, it's gonna be fun. Good morning, my beautiful darklings. How are you today? I hope it's amazing, because let's be honest, you're pretty freaking awesome. And I want you to remember that today. I am so tired. I feel like I, well, I am a day behind because I am literally recording this Thursday morning for y'all. I have a feeling it might come out Friday morning with all the editing and stuff, but uh, I'm chugging through. I am literally a full day behind. I got home from the Philly show, which, ugh, don't get me wrong, Oddities and Curiosities Expo always puts on a good show for us. Philadelphia might be one of my favorites. Probably because I got to wander around the city all by myself. Like, I did everything by myself. I flew by myself. I got a hotel room all by myself. That was <clears throat> the first time for that. That was pretty freaking cool. I, I might never take people with me anymore. Luckily, I had friends out there to go and explore Eastern State Penitentiary with me. That was very exciting. Big shout out to my friends, Crystal and Josh, over at Dark Matters Oddities. And then we were also hanging out with uh, Scavenged Parts and uh, Forgotten Boneyard. And so that was pretty cool. We had a lot of fun. Oh, I should also say shout out to the Pretty Cult crew as well, because we kept running into each other at the airport and so really, I wasn't by myself in the airport, at least for half the flight. So that was, was lovely. But yeah, I'm back, working on orders, catching up on orders, already behind. You know, story of my life. Hopefully we'll be caught up today. So, if you're waiting on hat orders, they're coming, I promise. So, let's not forget also what today is and some people call this the unofficial start of the fall i don't know if i give it that much credence but it's still really freaking exciting to me at least uh it's pumpkin spice day y'all or if i get this out tomorrow it's was yesterday but we'll see what happens but yes pumpkin spice day i'm very excited um actually my hotel in philly the starbucks there got the pumpkin spice stuff early and because I asked for it they let me get into it early so I really appreciate that so I've been technically cheating on this trip I, I, I've already gotten it for the year and it's pretty good I'm personally very excited for 
one of the new drinks. And I'm gonna screw it up. I have to look it up real quick. One sec. Okay, so there is new this year an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso that screams my husband so painfully. But for all my pumpkin people, there is an iced pumpkin cream chai tea latte. I am way too excited about that. Many, many years ago when me and some friends did Salem, we did, we found this adorable little coffee shop right on the water. I freaking loved it. My mind just broke. I can't remember the name, but it had um, what they called chider. And in particular, pumpkin chider. So it was like a mix of chai and cider. And this like rocked my world. And I've had a few other places. Like we have a place here in, at home that has it. It's not the same. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that this, uh, this new one is, it's gotta be similar to that. That's my hope. I'm not holding out that much hope it is Starbucks, but I'm at least hoping for a tasty drink. Um, I really don't have a lot of housekeeping because kind of winging it today. Not gonna lie. You know, I usually have all this written for you, but I'm not. Not this time. So, we'll see how it goes. I am hoping with everything that's been going on to get rain in next week to actually go over the Queen Mary evidence that we captured. Then I'm thinking we might just post it all up on YouTube. Like, for any like social media thing, Let's be honest, I'm not the best at any of it. But YouTube's kind of been popping off for me, at least for me. It's it's kind of exciting. So I've been thinking about throwing up the the evidence raw there and see if anybody can see anything. Um, I I want as many eyes on things as possible. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, and I think that's about it. We didn't really get to do much ghost hunting at Eastern State. Um, I forgot everything in the rush to get out. And then my friends that I were with, he forgot batteries and charging, so it was a lovely tour, nonetheless. Oh, that place, you guys. So good. So good! If you hang out, ever hang out with me and Crystal from Dark Matters, you'll you might understand that reference someday. Anyways, I'm home for a bit. For a little bit. Uh, I believe my next show is Salt Lake City Oddities and Curiosities Expo at the beginning of September. So, and then I believe like the next week it's Santa Fe Renaissance Festival. So, if you're in the area, come check us out. And... We'll have podcasts in between then so I can update you further. But I'm excited to get into the podcast today because on this week's episode, we are going into Romania, into 
the absolutely gorgeous, spooky, beautiful Hoyabachu Forest. It, this literally, like I said at the beginning of the show, this place has freaking everything. Disappearing children, witches, ghosts, UFOs. Um, we're not that far from freaking, um, uh, Vladley Paler's castle here. So there's a lot going on. And this place might sound familiar to you because it did the rounds on the ghost shows there back in the early aughts, which I also go over those too, just, just to help remind you. But yeah. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. Cluj is on the northern border of Romania and is the main city near Hoyabachu Forest. The forest spans across 250 acres of Transylvania, which is about 618 acres for my fellow Americans. And to be fair, fellow Americans probably don't know what that really means, because I know I don't. It is considered one of the most haunted places on the planet because of the strange paranormal phenomena that is consistently reported. It is known as the Bermuda Triangle of Romania because of the numerous strange disappearances in the forest, but it is also said to be the home of the devil himself, ghosts, and aliens. The Hoyabachu Forest is believed to have existed since prehistoric times. Archaeological excavations in the area have uncovered evidence of human habitation dating back to the Paleolithic era. In ancient times, the forest was part of the territory of the Denkins, a Therian tribe, Therian tribe, that inhabited the region from around 500 BCE to 106 CE. That's a damn big piece of time, actually. The oldest Neolithic settlement in Romania, believed to date back to around 6500 BC, was discovered north <coughs> of the area. Archaeologists uncovered tombs and houses from this settlement between 1960 and 1994. Throughout history, the Hoyabachi Forest has been a site of both reverence and fear. For some, the forest was a sacred place where nature spirits and ancient gods were worshipped. For others, it is cursed and filled with malevolent entities and unexplained paranormal experience. Other mysterious aspects of this forest is that the trees, the trees, this is one of the weird things. Apparently we have a weird things with trees on this episode, or these series of episodes. We talked about this on the Jersey Devil episode as well. The trees are weird. Anyways, another weird tree situation. 
The trees form weird spiral shapes that make them more menacing looking. Noah can explain why the trees grow this way, which is why people are more certain the forest is haunted. Like, it's weird. Like, some of these trees have been dated to be, like, 200 years old, but they're kind of stumpy again. And they're twisted at the trunk or in unusual shapes. Don't worry, I got some pictures for you. But it, it's a little it's a little strange. And the fact that nobody can seem to de- explain it. Like, with New Jersey Devil, that situation acidic ground that kind of thing some of these like i've seen weird trees in like wind patterns but that kind of thing just doesn't seem to explain what's going on here so that's very strange so uh, a lot of these trees are considered portals to other dimensions so that's kind of that's cool uh, that that's like a fairy tale right there so i will like to say even though we're focusing a lot on the spooky some of the locals believe that the energy of this forest can also be used for good i just not everything is big and scary of course we're a big and scary podcast so that's what we're kind of focusing on but there is good there as well according to the locals The forest name, Hoyabatu, is derived from a local legend. It is said that a shepherd named Bachu ventured into the forest with his flock of 200 sheep and disappeared without a trace. To this day, no one knows what happened to Bachu and his flock, and the forest bears his name as a chilling reminder. Many visitors to the forest have reported seeing ghostly figures and shadowy beings lurking among the trees. Some claim to have encountered the spirit of the forest namesake, Bachu, while others have reported strange disembodied voices whispering in the wind. Those who visit the area now report strange physical symptoms, nausea, anxiety, the feeling of being watched, and also say their electronic devices fail. There are a few theories behind why the forest is haunted. One theory is that hundreds of Romanian peasants were murdered there sometime before the birth of Christ, and locals believe the spirits of the villagers still roam the land. It is believed that the souls of these ghosts are trapped within the wooden confines. And they're pretty angry about it. I mean, I would be. Now, could I find this historical account? I couldn't. I I looked. I couldn't find if this was a battle or a dumping ground. I have no idea where this piece of information comes from I could not find any kind of historical reference but this theory pops up on almost every website about 
ploy about you. So, uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, it's at least a local legend. There have even been stories of people committing suicide in the woods, hanging themselves from the strange gnarled trees around the forest. Others speculate that the forest is home to some invisible time rift or gateway into another realm. Whatever is to be believed, many Romanians live, who live near Hoyabachu are convinced that should they ever enter the forest, they will never come back and thus avoid the woods at all costs. It is said that those who do end up getting the courage to venture in, at night in particular, may encounter the restless spirits of the dead, hear strange whispers, whispers, whispers on the wind, or see unexplainable lights hovering among the trees, pairs of green eyes, and a black fog have been observed here and many people report a feeling of being watched as they travel near the forest's edge. That's like a big thing. And I wanted to point this out earlier when I mentioned the feeling of being watched and the weird energy and the nausea, that kind of thing. That almost sounds like a weird EMF thing, which we're totally gonna get into, oddly enough, a little bit later. Possibly one of the most interesting stories is that of a five-year-old girl who went missing. She was outside playing while her grandmother hung clothes and just vanished into the woods. Like, just, just disappeared. The family and neighbors searched but could not find any trace of her. And then one day, five years later, she emerged wearing the same clothes without having aged a day. She was not able to remember what happened to her. I swear there was a ghost show of some kind at some point that I can't remember now that actually was able to interview this girl, but I could not find it for the life of me. So if anybody knows what the hell I'm talking about, please find it and send it to me because I would love to freaking see it. There. Like, I know I've seen this. Who knows? Weird mandala effect kind of thing. Anyways, along this same vein, there is a story about a woman who disappeared with a 15th century coin in her pocket. Now, it doesn't really seem like anyone knows how long she disappeared I could not find anything about this other than like small little snippets here and there but after a significant amount of time had passed she returned home like nothing had happened and still had that same coin in her pocket same clothes all of it again so that's kind of strange. I don't believe she's from the 15th century, but on numerous websites, this story popped up with just, unfortunately, this amount of information. 
but they always kept fixating on this coin. So, there you go. Ghosts and other sightings of paranormal activity have been spotted there too. Sometimes people hear voices in the forest, giggles of a woman, or screams of young girls. People have heard the sounds of deer or horse hooves, even when there were none to be seen. Some see orbs floating near the trees and they will take photos and when they look at the photos, faces or er orbs were, that were not seen in person are seen in the photos. So this kind of thing, we've seen this numerous times. This is a really big deal in some of these sightings in Hoyabachi Forest. Now this came up on a lot of websites. Um, some people call it pareidolia, which according to Wikipedia is the tendency for perception to impose a meaningful interpretation on a nubious stimulus usually visual so that one sees an object pattern or meeting where there is none so this uh i think webster's there we go uh, the scientific explanation for some people is pareidolia or the human ability to see shapes and make pictures out of randomness kind of goes along the same idea of a rope shard ink block test kind of thing so you know in the paranormal a lot of people use the word matrixing where you look at something and suddenly there's a face in an orb i saw this come up a lot while researching this probably more in this case than i've seen in other cases a lot of people are throwing this out there i don't know some of these it took me, some of these pictures, it took me forever to see the supposed face in it. And others, it's like, oh no, that's a face. So, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very interesting to me, to say the least. But, just something that I wanted to throw out there. And again, I have numerous pictures with this. So you guys can see and test yourself and everything. Now, the forest gained international notoriety around 19, 1960, I think it was 61, is when this first happened, when biologist Alexandru Schiff photographed a flying object in the sky above the forest. This is the 1960s. This is the height of the UFO craze. You guys, everybody lost their damn minds over these photos. Got really big when in 1968, Emil Bernay, a military technician working for the Romanian government, claimed that he saw a UFO hovering above the forest and took a picture of it. While skeptics have dismissed the image as a hoax, it remains one of the most compelling pieces of evidence for extraterrestrial activity in the area. 
Now, I've seen these photos. I'll post them, don't worry. Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on this one, you guys. Um, they're very much... Oh, I can't remember the name of the series of photos at the moment, but around the same time, 1960s, there was a big thing with, like, throwing... It was like a cake like a cake kit carrier kind of thing and then snapping a picture of it real quick does anybody remember what i'm talking about like this was a thing so it had these weird blurry objects that kind of had that saucer shape but there's like little there's little things that are off so that that honestly that's what these remind me of but i wasn't there so you know now what gives a lot of credence to this story is that Bernay had nothing to gain from reporting the sighting and really everything to lose. This is the communist government and apparently they were not into paranormal anything. Uh, they apparently equated a belief in the paranormal with madness and state sabotage. So he ended up losing his job in a country which had no support for the unemployed. Uh, I really couldn't find what happened to him after that either. But, so, yeah, that that's kind of interesting. Another thing I found is that there have also been many first-hand reports, like I said, of people entering the forest and coming out with that nausea, that feeling of being watched, that kind of thing. But also, burns, severe rashes, headaches, and high fever, which they did not have before they went in. Now, there are some studies that reveal that there are higher than usual radioactivity produced by natural uranium present in the subsoil. We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Every good hotspot of paranormal occurrences has an epicenter of activity. In Hoyabachu, it is the area known as the Hoyana Rotuna, which translates to round meadow, or simply as the clearing. I wonder if that's like a simplification American thing. Who knows? Anyways. This is a one kilometer or for the Americans about half a mile. I think it's point six something is how that translates. Um, area of the forest that has formed into an almost perfect circle that is free of almost all vegetation. It's kind of weird looking at the photos. So if you look at the photos, let's be honest, it's not that perfectly circle, but the fact that it's naturally occurring in that way is kind of interesting. It's a little weird. That's kind of where the weirdness starts. And then you actually get to go out and visit it. Visitors have reported feeling the intense anxiety 
feelings of intense anxiety and unease when entering the clearing, as well as electronic equipment malfunctioning or failing completely. There have been numerous photographed extraterrestrial lights and mysterious spheres appearing within the forest. So this clearing, like we were talking about, the lights with Alexandru Swift and Emil Brenna. I think it's Brenna? Brenna! Um, this, I believe, might be the area where that happened. I'm not 100% sure. But either way, this is where most of the sightings happen. One article I read described the area as defying the investigations of soil scientists and attracting Romanian witches, sword-wielding Americans, and people who try to cleanse the force of evil through the medium of yoga. Cool. Didn't know yoga could cleanse outside things, but I guess that makes sense. That same article interviews one of the local guides, Alex, who I believe is one of the guys that run the main Hoyabachu tours as well. He states that once when I came here, I found 60 people from Bucharest trying to open a gate into another dimension. This quote has appeared in a lot of different articles about the forest but I couldn't find any more detail about the ritual or the group or the intention. Like, I couldn't find anything. Just this one quote from him. I am assuming Alex saw this and decided to turn around and let them be. Which was probably the safe thing. You don't know what they're doing. So, but just saying, if you happen to be part of a weird cultish-like group that hangs out in the forest of Hoyabachu doing rituals. I would love to hear about that. That'd be really cool. Scientists have proposed numerous explanations for the phenomenon, including the possibility that the area was once the site of an ancient burial ground, or that the soil composite is unsuitable for tree growth. Some Extraterrestrial aficionados claim the clearing was caused by a UFO that landed there and the radiation from the craft has inhibited plant life from growing. That's a really big UFO. Like, half mile. I'm trying to, like, I know we're half miles. That's a huge, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make sense that there are UFOs that big, but damn. One of the weird things about Hoyabachu Forest is that it's gone through some scrutiny. The soil has been tested and no anomalies were found that would prevent the growth of any plant life. It just doesn't happen. There have actually been numerous investigations into this, especially by one man who has really spearheaded the investigations for like the last 50 years. 
He is considered the expert. He has made rounds on all of the ghost shows, and I'll be right back to tell you about him and the little bit of other scientific investigations. There have been numerous scientific experiments done in Hoyabatu. Some of that research has been focused on the forest's unique flora and fauna. Some have speculated that the high concentration of electromagnetic energy in the area may have influenced the growth and development of the forest plants and wildlife. While the forest is home to a diverse array of species, some plants and animals exhibit unusual, unusual characteristics like those twisted and contorted tree trunks we were talking about earlier. This has led to efforts to protect the forest and its unique ecosystem, ensuring that future generations can appreciate its haunting allure. Another scientific theory is that there is naturally occurring infrasound in the forest. Infrasound is a low frequency sound sounds that cannot be heard by the human ear, but because of their frequency can have physical effects on the human body and can cause feelings of discomfort or dread in humans, which, you know, our brain immediately translates to the feeling of being watched. We talked about that a lot earlier. In extreme circumstances, even that nausea we were talking about, too. It kind of depends on the frequency. If her sound is weird. Now, it can be a man-made thing. It happens quite a bit. But it is naturally occurring. And it can be caused by severe weather, surf, avalanches, earthquakes, volcanoes, waterfalls... Calving of icebergs, meteors, lightning, and upper atmospheric lightning. And apparently, it can just occur in forests. It's been discovered. There's research on this happening. I don't know if it's specifically Hoya Baju, but it's one of the theories behind it. I found an article describing the potential harmfulness of infrasound using a lot of science and math, so I don't want to go into it here too much, but if you're interested, I have it linked in the show notes. So, I wanted to make sure to talk about those other experiments real quick, those other theories behind the forest. Because now I'm going to get into the big researcher of Hoyabachu, a man named Dr. Adrian Perut, Patrut. Dr. Adrian Patrut is a Roman physicist and a professor of inorganic and radiochemistry at Babs Boyer University that began conducting research in the forest in the 1970s. He focused on the area's magnetic 
anomalies and their potential connection to the paranormal phenomena reported by locals. He was friends with the late Alexander Alexandru Shift, the first guy that took photos of the UFOs in the forest in the 1960s. Perut continued with his research of the area and ended up publishing a book on the subject, which I cannot pronounce. Sen Menel de la Purdue Hoyabatu in 1995. His studies focused on the magnetic and light anomalies of the forest. A weird aside here that kind of has led to a little bit of conspiracy theory around the forest. In 1993, after Alexandru Schiff died, his photographs of the forest went missing and nobody ever found them. They're just like gone. The only copies of these photos are to be found in Dr. Petrut's book. I found that strange. I found a little biography of Dr. Patrut by the Parapsychology Foundation from 2001. He was asked five questions about his background and interest in the field, the situation of parapsychology in his country, and about his hope for the future. Here are his answers. My interest in parapsychology goes back more than 25 years, being aroused by the research of certain recurrent spontaneous phenomena in a forest near my hometown of Cluj. Anomalies on photos, apparitions, strong sporadic radioactive emissions, magnetic deviations, biological effects, etc. I have so far published four books on parapsychology in Romania, From Normal to Paranormal, Volume 1, From Normal to Paranormal, Volume 2, From Normal to Paranormal, Second Edition, Revised, and The Phenomena of the Hoyabachu Forest. I believe that's the one I couldn't pronounce earlier. Currently, I am working on two books. Introduction to Parapsychology and Dictionary of Parapsychology. I have been the president of the Romanian Society of Parapsychology, RSP, since its foundation in 1991. I was the editor-in-chief of Paranormal, the magazine of RSP, issued between 1991 and 1996, I was also an affiliate member of Parapsychology Association, 1993 to 1996. But since 1996, I have been an associate member of Parapsychology Association. I am also a professor in the Faculty of Chemistry of the Babes Boyle University in Cluj, Napak and I teach courses in general chemistry, quantum chemistry, and inorganic chemistry. My research areas are coordination chemistry, 
molecular <laughs> chemistry and polyoxymetallates. I literally looked up how to say these for you guys and I obviously forgot. As for the state of psychology in Romania, which I thought was really interesting. Remember we were talking about uh, Brenna like losing his job and everything. So I thought this was an important thing to add into the thing. Parapsychology in Romania. Um, interest in non-conventional phenomena, including PSI, underwent an explosive increase after the December 1989 revolution. Shortly after the event, a no number of societies and associations which tied, tried to study the phenomena of mainstream and especially fringe parapsychology appeared. Journals and magazines attempting to present phenomena and cases from these viewpoints were also published. But slowly these societies and associations disappeared, mainly for lack of funds and also the dwindling interest of individuals who had hoped to find quick and easy answers to the problems raised by non-conventional phenomena. The only society still active is the Romanian Society of Parapsychology. RSP. Research proper, which struggle, struggles under the acute lack of funds, is limited to the study of certain spontaneous phenomena, especially poltergeist cases and the very strange recurrent phenomena of the Hoyabachi forest. For, for instance, in the last 10 years, around 20 strong and very strong Poltergeist cases have been satisfactorily investigated, although without being present outside Romania. I would love to know what cases he's gone on. I think that would be cool. Currently, all journals and magazines that were more or less connected to mainstream parapsychology have ceased publishing. In the meanwhile, a so-called media-driven parapsychology with strong folklore, religious, spiritualistic, occult, magic, and new age concoctions, usually with very little connection with conventional PSI phenomena and accepted parapsychology, has appeared and undergone dramatic development. Scores of magazines of the type of weekly world news are published in hundreds of thousands of copies. The academic scientific community in Romania has not yet adopted an official position concerning PSI and parapsychology, mainly because of a severe lack of serious information. Nevertheless, we can say that its attitude is open to PSI, but Unfortunately, somewhat uncritical. In some state and private universities, optional courses of parapsychology are offered, but they are usually taught by individuals who are outside mainstream parapsychology. My hopes and aspirations for the future of parapsychology in my country can be summarized as follows. The appearance of minimal funds for research, the setting up of a library of parapsychology, 
with a minimum number of books and peri periodicals of parapsychology, the publication of a journal covering mainstream parapsychology, and the further connection of Roman Romanian parapsychology to international and world parapsychology. Ugh. Let's be honest. That sounds amazing. Like, seriously. And you gotta love an old-school parapsychologist. The guys out there that, you know, are scientists who have been seeing some weird phenomena and decide to use science to investigate it. Ugh. This is like the 1970s stuff, and I love it. Well, I guess he has been doing that since the 70s, so that makes sense. You just don't see a lot of these anymore, and it makes me very happy. That being said, Dr. Perut's studies have been found inconclusive. Also being said, his efforts have generated considerable interest in the scientific community and have helped to establish the forest as a site of ongoing research and investigation. Let's be honest, that's probably why he's done the rounds on all the ghost shows. Ghost shows are popular. They bring attention to an area. And that brings in the money for research. Right after this, I am going to tell you about a couple of ghost shows that have visited Hoyabachi Forest and have talked to Dr. Baru. Like I said earlier, Hoyabachu has made the rounds on numerous ghost shows. My top two appearances have been on Destination Truth, one of my all-time favorites. I absolutely love me some Josh Gates. Oh my god, could you guys imagine if I got him on the show? It'd be a lot of me just, like, it could not be a Zoom call because I would just stare at him the entire time with my mouth open and he would see that and that would be awkward. Have to be a phone call so I could pretend it's not actually happening. Be able to handle myself. Oh, anyways. And Ghost Adventures. Here's a quick recap of both. So, Destination Truth. According to Josh Gates, there were 45 ghost sightings reported in the 16 months prior to them going out and investigating. I want to know where these um, cases are being reported to. People were reporting white beams of light coming out of uninhabited parts of the forest and human faces showing up in their photos when they saw nothing with the human eye. For people that watch the show, this is the episode where the roof of the plane they were in came off when they were mid-flight, which is terrifying. But what the Destination Truth team captured on film is equal parts extraordinary and frightening. Host Josh Gates is known for having each crew member contribute in isolation sessions throughout the five-season show, in which each member must sit alone in the area of recorded activity while the rest of the team watch from live video feeds from base cam. Evan, a camera operator, has just begun had just begun his isolation session in the clearing when a swift, invisible force picked him up and threw him. 
all the while being recorded on camera from two angles. The rest of the team race or over to ensure he's okay. They find Evan on the ground several feet from where he was sitting. He has long scratches running vertically down his arm despite no evidence of tearing on his long sleeve jacket. Obviously, everybody's pretty shaken up. In addition to eerie this happening, Gates successfully records EVPs of a woman sighing and then giggling. Both crews capture mysterious light orbs on video, but are unable to reasonably explain the source of the slow-moving anomalies. Also, my Ott's paranormal show, Happy Heart, Josh went to the original Ghost Hunters headquarters and met up with Jason and Grant to talk about evidence. One of the things Evan says is that his arm, where the scratches were, felt itchy. According to Jason Hawes, they have seen numerous reports of people being touched by spirits and even being passed through, and it causes them to feel itchy. Like, all the way down to the bone. Something about that just makes me shiver. And I hate it. The Destination Truth team even did a follow-up episode in the fifth season and captured an EVP of a child giggling. And poor Evan once again was attacked. This time he bled from his ear randomly and the team decided to call it. Although, Evan is on Expedition Unknown later, running around with Josh again, so apparently, you know, there's no bad blood there. Ghost Adventures also had a visit to the forest. The GAC team was in the area investigating vampires, Dracula in particular, for their Halloween special that year, when they were told about Hoyabachi Forest, which made Zach Bagans immediately want to go check it out. So he split the teams and took Billy Tolly, I don't think what his name was, with him. They were told by local kids that they found along the way that they had been told, like the kids, you have to be careful of the lights in the forest because they are said to carry a disease. So the lights can make you sick. They also said that it doesn't happen all the time, and sometimes the lights are positive energies. You know, just little energy balls. While out investigating, Zach has a minor breakdown, describing it as like getting hit with a beam of light and losing control of his emotions. They then saw a red and orange hovering light over the forest, and that was about it for them. They continued their vampire adventures the next day. Also, like I said previously, Dr. Parut Patrut was interviewed on both shows. So, if you want to see what it looks like or hear what he sounds like, uh, I have the episodes tagged in the show notes. There are guided tours offered of Hoyabachi. 
allowing visitors to explore the forest's just eerie beauty and learn about its history and legends. Some of these tour companies even offer nighttime excursions, providing thrill-seekers with the opportunity to experience the forest's chilling atmosphere after dark. Personally, I would love to go and check this one out in person. I'm curious. Like, there is so much with this one. But at the same time, it's like, is it matrixing? Is it just I unidentified? Flying objects, which technically. I, you know, I'm curious. Also, I absolutely dream of running away into the forums very frequently. So honestly, it would be like a vacation to quite literally disappear for a bit. Oh, wait, the people that come back don't seem to realize time has passed, so maybe that's not the best vacation. To me, that's very, uh, that seems very fey to me. But still, now I don't want to go. I don't trust the fey. Ghost? Yes. Fey? No. Anyway, that being said, I'd still go. Who's coming with me? Thank you to everyone out there listening today. My Hana Live podcast is written, researched, produced, edited, and hosted by me, Angela Hartshorn. You might have noticed that one, I missed like two weeks, and two, that this podcast seems like two different episodes. I immediately got overwhelmed with work and travel, and honestly, I'm still playing catch up. That's why I missed one week. I missed the second week because when I went to record, I thought this episode was all nice and written and edited, and it turns out it wasn't whatsoever. I tried to wing it, but I was so very unhappy with it, so I decided to stop halfway and redo it. So, thank you guys for being patient with me. I'd much rather put out a halfway good podcast for you. If you are interested in more pictures, info, and my sources for this week's episode, make sure to hop over to the Patreon. That's where everything gets posted. That, that you know, it's like your one-stop shop, where you can also support the show for $2 a month. Uh, if you have any information about today's episode, like... You were one of those Bucharest uh, uh, portal openers in the forest. Please email me. Or if you just have a ghost story you want to share, email me at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com or write me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All at My Haunted Life Podcast. While you are there, please like and follow and comment. It honestly makes my day. Also, my YouTube is, like, popping off. I really don't have a lot over there, but I'm going to try to do more. Music is by Ghost Stories Incorporated. And that's it for this show. I will see you guys, hopefully next week, for my Haunted Life podcast. And until then, stay spooky.
Thank you.